2000 years ago at the time of Jesus, if you wanted to become a teacher of the word and of God, you had to either go and become one. And that is to actually study and follow a program and procedures to become a teacher, to eventually be able to teach in a synagogue or something of the like. Or you could have been someone who started simply getting up on a podium in the streets or, you know, elevating yourself and start preaching to people, whichever way you had to go out of your way to start teaching in that way and to become a teacher. Today, it's a little different. Today, we all have our little podiums. We all, most of us, have a social media account where we can log on to, to a website and simply type in whatever within a few seconds, hit a button and it's live to the whole world to see. And we can use that platform as for good or evil. But nonetheless, I think that it is important for us to realize that this is something so new that this ability that we have to be sure of, of how we are using it. Because I think that many people don't fully understand the responsibility they have when they start talking on a public platform like that. You see, the Bible teaches many things about being a teacher. And I've talked a little bit about that before, but I want to talk about that again today because I think that we live in a culture where almost everyone wants to and there are be a teacher and there are more teachers probably than ever before. See, we need to define what a teacher is. When I say a teacher, you may think of someone who's on a real platform, maybe like on uh, making videos or going on uh, a podium, you know, on a stage or or being in front of in a church or, you know, whatever. That's maybe how you may think of it. However, we because we all have this these accessible platforms now, especially social media, the moment that you start typing something and you start teaching something to people, you are teaching people. You are talking the moment that you comment on a post and you start teaching people, you are teaching. And what we need to understand is when we do that, it's good to talk about things. It's good to have conversations. But the moment it's taken and put on a public platform, which is something that this is not just a normal conversation anymore because it's now a public conversation. It's now something that is for everyone to see. Now we will become accountable to that more than if it was simply a conversation between me and someone else. And where you see there is a difference. And this is important to realize because we will be held accountable for every idle word we speak. Whether it was from God, not good or not. And if we make someone stumble, even one of these little children, we will by no means be let go. But we will be held accountable for what we say. And this all starts off with the importance of fearing God. We must fear God if we want to talk about him in public. Because if you do not fear God, 
Like really fear God for your life, for your soul, for the salvation of your soul. Every time you speak of him or the things of his word, then you shouldn't. Because he is the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Well, men can't. He is the one who can look at your life one day. Look at that Facebook status you made 20, 50 years ago and say, what did you do? You filthy servant, you thought you served me, but I never told you to say that. You see, we, we, when we come into a platform that's public and we start teaching and we're teaching things that aren't good. If we, we are just idle about it, we're just, we don't care, we just speak, speak, speak. We don't consider the weight of what we are doing. We don't consider, um, is what I'm saying, am I 500% sure about what I'm saying and that it is true? Because if you don't have that seriousness about you, you're going to start saying things that are kind of true maybe, or things that are true but, but, but out of balance. Isn't that maybe even one of the bigger dangers? Truths out of balance, things that are true but mixed with a lie. That's probably one of the hor most horrible things. And, and we can easily, if we're not so sure about what we're saying, we will fall into judgment for doing so. And we will be held accountable for doing so. Brothers and sisters, there are many people also who are actually now entering teaching positions who are actually, and you may not consider yourself a teacher. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. It doesn't matter about the label. But if you are doing what a teacher does and you're teaching people, but you haven't been called by God into a teaching role like that, you need to be careful. We need to really consider and ask, is God calling me to publicly teach. Look, God calls all of us to disciple. God calls all of us to make disciples, baptize them, teach them the word, etc. God calls out of all of us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about going on a platform public, whether that's Facebook, whether it's making a status, making a video, writing an article, or whatever it looks like. If you're going into that, but you haven't considered whether God actually called you into a teacher position, that's a dangerous place to be. Brothers and sisters, I want to just tell you about my personal journey with this. So you can just get some context and, and perception. I remember when I started talking about God, making videos, right? I, God led me to make a video. I thought he did at least to make a video and I started making a video. I started making another video. I started, and this was years ago, long ago. I was still studying at university. I, I've been a believer for a long time by then, but you know, I've never taught anyone anything except speaking in Bible, closed Bible studies, right? And being discipled and discipling others. And I remember I posted videos and teachings and, and I started seeing after a few months, Wow, there's actually people, some people watching this. And I remember taking a step back and fear hitting me, a fear of God hitting me. I was like so afraid suddenly because I was like, what if what, what I'm doing right now, I am going into a place that the Bible teaches is the most dangerous place probably for anyone to be. And that is the role of a teacher. The role of going and teaching God's word, because God says in his word that teachers will be judged more strictly than anyone else. 
That means that the teacher will be, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm standing before God, I, I already have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of issues. For him to go and take a ruler with my life and measure even with more strictness, that's, that is one of the most scary things for me. And that is what I was afraid. I was like thinking like, wow, I am entering this place. I don't want this. And I really thought like, I, I don't want it. I don't want to do this actually. Because of that, I don't want to do it. I, I really don't want to, to teach in that manner. I don't want, I'll disciple people. I'll do all these things which God called me to do. But I don't know if I want to teach. And I remember being uh, at this, I went with some friends to a worship event where there was a, a band and they were playing worship music. It was a quite a bit, it was a big event. They were like, Thousands of people there it was amazing, right? But I remember standing in that event that night, and as we were, people were worshiping around me. I, I struggled, like I, I was trying to worship God, like I really wanted to, and I was really trying to. But, but there was this, this tornness in me, this conflict in me, and this was all that was I was thinking about, right? And because I was thinking about this so much, I even struggled to like worship God because I was so confused about where I am and where I'm going. God, do you want me to teach? Do you not want me to teach? Because I don't want to really do this, right? This is where I was. And there was a lady who came to me out of nowhere. I've never seen this lady before. I don't know who she is. She's a complete stranger. And she tells me that in the beginning of this week, she saw me in a dream. And in this dream, she saw me, she saw my hair and everything, and she recognized me perfectly. And she heard God speak, I'm giving him the platform. And then she came and told me this. And she says she doesn't even know what this is. She doesn't know what this means. She doesn't know what this is about. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know anything. But this is what she feels God told her to tell me. And this is what I am bar, uh, worried about. This is what I'm conflicted about. And now she's telling me this. And back then I didn't have a platform. Okay, this is not about me. This is not about I'm sharing this. because it's not, well, I am nothing, brothers and sisters. I'm nothing. I am, I'm no one special. I'm not smart. I am nothing without God. I'm not qualified. So don't make this about me. What I want to make this about is showing you how torn I was. And how God came through and said, you need a confirmation. And he gave me a confirmation, but that was not enough. I had that confirmation and I was good. I was like, okay, God, thank you. I, I, that was amazing for me. But still, that was not enough. Then a few months later, I remember I was at a, another worship event. Also people, but a smaller one. This was a... Uh, there were people that I didn't know. There were some friends there. Okay. And there was a band and they were playing some worship music. It was wonderful. And I remember at this event, I was praying and I got a vision from God. And this was the tree of life vision. I've shared it on this YouTube channel before. You can go watch it if you want. But I received this tree of life vision. And in the middle of that vision, I started getting another vision which I'm not going to go into detail about, but what's important is this other guy came to me and he doesn't know anything about just about anything about me. And he starts shaking me out of this vision as I'm just like, I, I, I'm getting this vision and he doesn't know I'm getting it. I'm just praying. Right. 
And but he's just coming to me and he's shaking me. He says, brother, brother, God says this is going to be a global rise on fire. And he doesn't even know like anything. But this is what he what God was telling him to, to tell me. And I'm like, wow, OK, that's crazy. But that wasn't enough. A few months later, maybe a year later, I don't remember. <laughs> I was at a another event. This was a home church, if you will, if you want to call that a home fellowship. And there was people there. I didn't know anyone there. I knew uh, I knew uh, I came with a friend and his wife. Uh, I believe there was no one else I knew. And I remember there, were, there was a guy speaking, sharing a testimony. It was wonderful. And afterwards, there was an old lady there. Um, she was very old, probably her 80s. And she she was known to be a prophet. And I'll be honest, like, you know, when someone says there's a prophet, I'm like, OK, well, Bible says we test all things, right? I'm not against prophets and we ought not to despise prophets or prophecies. And she at the end of this event, the end of the night, everything, she just looked at me as I was uh, saying goodbye to everyone. And she started speaking in tongues and she started prophesying and she started saying from God's perspective, she started speaking and she started saying, I'm calling you into full time ministry. And I'm like, what? Like, because you need, believe it or not, at that point in my life, full time ministry was not on my radar. It was not something I wanted to do. It's not something I planned to do. I had I, my own career ideas. I was going to soon thereafter start a, my own career and it was not ministry related. My plan was to always worship and praise God and, and serve him probably as a side job or, or you know, full time serving him. But while always having a career that is not ministry. But regardless, that was what was said. And a few years later, that materialized. And of course, all the other things materialized that was said. Ministry that is global. And God did give me a platform. And it's not about me. It's got nothing to do with who I am. I am, I am unqualified. And that's probably why he chose me, because I am nothing. But brothers and sisters, I'm sharing all this. I've never shared this on here before, because I don't want people to look at me as anything. And this, please do not. But the reason I'm sharing this is I want to give context to people who who don't see that. Who think that it's just, oh, I just decided one day to go and start making videos and start teaching God's word on in a public space like this or on a stage here and there. If I'm speaking at a conference or whatever, like I didn't one day wake up with that idea and just went ahead with it. I continuously sought his will and God delivered confirmations, not just one. One is probably not enough for me, not just two, for me, actually more than three. And this was what was necessary for God to show me. That was what was enough for God to show me. Yes, you have fear. It's good that you have fear, fear of God. But now understand that you need to do what I tell you. And this is where I'm calling you. And that's where I went. And we need to be obedient. But what I do see today, unfortunately, is there are people who do not do this. There are people who take this lightly. There are people who just go and start teaching in public spaces without taking it seriously at all. And they will say things without taking anything seriously. They will speak idly. And they will speak with no fear of God. 
And when that happens, brothers and sisters, that's when we should really start getting afraid. Because that's the place we enter when we can really start getting into trouble with our Father one day. If we spoke idly, without consideration of truth and making 500% sure what we say is true. And so for anyone who is maybe watching this, and maybe you are feeling like maybe God is calling me into a teacher role now or in the future. This is what I would say. God loves to give confirmations because if our hearts are that we want to serve him only in the ways that he told us to, that we want to worship him only in the ways that he told us to, that's a good heart intention. You don't want to enter a teacher role if he didn't call you to, even though many do. You don't want to be that person. And so because God loves loves our hearts in that, he loves to give confirmations for us when we ask. And he will confirm over and over and over again these things to you if he indeed is calling you. If he does not confirm it, maybe you have to think twice. And also, he will confirm it whenever the time is right. And that time may not be in a year, maybe in two, three, five, twenty years. Maybe God needs to prepare you first in many other ways. Because... If you are a new believer or if God wants to teach things through you that are new to you, you will probably have to wait first because you need to get mature. You need to let him guide you and teach you. I remember if I look back on my years before I ever taught anyone anything about the word, God was teaching me, showing me how to everything I needed. He equipped me in ways I could never prepare for myself. So that is necessary and God will then, when the time is right, he will give confirmation and he won't if he doesn't want you to. 1 Timothy 3 verse 6, he must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. So if you're new, if you're a new believer, no, forget about it. Forget about it. You, you can't teach in, in any public way yet. Can you disciple others? Of course. Can you go out on the street and preach the gospel? Of course. Do it. Right? Do it. But teaching. No. Not if you're a new believer. Not if you're even partially new. Because it's such a big responsibility. And these things come with time. And I want to read what James said. I've read this before earlier in this teaching, but I want to show you something that many people miss here in James 3. Right? He says that do not many of you should not become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble, what he says, he's a perfect man, also able to bridle his whole body. Now, you know, when we read this, it's kind of like a Almost like it's set up to fail. (laughs) Because he's saying that we will be judged with more strictness if you teach. And then he says that we all stumble. So it's kind of like you're going to stumble and you're going to be judged more strictly for doing so. Well, isn't that a nice occupation to start in? (laughs) But are we set up to fail? I want to submit to you that with man, it's impossible. And yes, we are. With God, all things are possible. And if we read the next verse, we will understand what we can do to avoid the stumblings that James is talking about. 
He says in the next verse, verse 3, If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guard their whole bodies as well. You see, what we so often as people like to do is we try and, you know, like the parable is, you know, feed a horse with something and you can lead them. You know, here's a bit, here's a bit of, here's some food and then the horse comes here and then you take it there. Here's some food and the horse goes there. They follow you wherever you go. And that's how we can be with people if we are feeding them, if we are teaching them. But what we can do is we can teach them some good things and then we can throw them some bad things. And we will then be accountable for the bad things because the people trusted us because we did teach them something good before. Or we can go and we can manipulate them with our own agendas thrown into the gospel message. So we can give them the gospel message which they will follow and, they, and that is glory to God, amazing. But then we start throwing in our own agendas. And our own agendas can even look simply like an imbalance of truth. That is, we can give the truth, but we can give it out of balance. For example, there are people who believe in the gift of speaking in tongues. Glory to God, that's true. It's a, it's a biblical gift. But then they go and they teach that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. So now they have some truth, but it's totally out of balance. It's totally like it becomes heresy. Or you get people who are passionate about God and His truth. Glory to God. And then they teach that what you believe regarding the shape of the earth determines your relationship with God or your salvation. Same thing. It's, hard, it's, it's just ridiculous. But they had some truth, but now they mix it with a lie. Or what about another example? You know, we have people who share fake testimonies. right? It, it can be easy for us to even fall into that, to, to share a testimony to glorify God. Your intention is totally, I want to glorify God. But then you, you spice it up a bit with lies just so that you can lead people to God. That's what you would say and what you, your intention may even be. But nonetheless, it was a lie that you used. So therefore, it is defiled. If you go and you do any of these kind of things, you take the truth and you defile it. You take your own agendas or your manipulations and you defile what God meant to be holy. And that is, I want to submit to you, probably the number one danger that anyone who is teaching suffers. I want to submit to you that when we look at the Bible and especially what we see written in our New Testament, we see the disciples, we see the Messiah, we see all these other 70 elders and other apostles saying out, we see all these things happen. And what did they do? What were they commissioned for? What did they talk about? What did they preach? They kept it simple to the point to the gospel. They talked about that and few other things. Paul continuously went and said, stop being distracted by dissensions and rivalries and, and rumors and, and knowledge of the law that is empty disputes, things that aren't important. Stop getting distracted by all these other things and get focused on what the gospel message is. Are you preaching the gospel message or not? If you're not, get back on track and focus. That's what he'd say continuously to the churches he wrote to. Because here's the secret. You want the Holy Spirit to follow your life in power? You want Him to confirm your words in power, in miracles, in confirmations that no man can, can deny? Well, preach what He was sent to confirm. 
he was sent to confirm nothing else except Yeshua and him crucified. The Messiah's death on the cross. That is what he was sent to confirm. That is what Yeshua said he will come and do. That the Holy Spirit will be sent to be with you, to comfort you, and to confirm the word. To be the power on your life. For what? Not for your own agendas. Not for your own things. No. For nothing except the simple gospel message and truth. So if you have a lack of Holy Spirit in that area, maybe you need to return to the simple gospel. Because if you simply go and preach the truth of his word, the new kingdom that we are a part of and can welcome others into, then the Holy Spirit comes in power and he celebrates and confirms that. And then he shows up and then he changes lives. And that's how we walk in the Holy Spirit. That's one of the biggest secrets is return to the simple gospel. And as teachers, that's the safest place for us to be. If you're going to be a teacher, if you're going to teach the word, even if it's a Sunday school, even if it's it doesn't matter what capacity, if it's a Facebook status, if it's on a, a 80,000 people conference, whatever the level, it doesn't matter. If you stick to the simplicity of the gospel, you'll be in the safest place ever because you'll be doing exactly what Yeshua told you to do. And when you see him again, you'll you'll be glad you did listen and you'll be glad you did listen. And didn't get distracted by other things and then go off track into those things. The greatest evangelists and uh, preachers and whatever you want to call them, apostles, prophets, okay, all these guys that we've ever lived always ended and concluded their messages with the gospel message. That must be the conclusion of the dot at the end of our sentences when we preach. Thank you for your continued support. Like and share this video so more may see the importance and the weight of being a teacher.